What happens when you hear the word mother? What happens when you hear the word mother? Does it spark something in you? You know, sometimes this is it. And I always, there's my disclaimer for Mother's Day and Father's Day. Because some of us struggle if you didn't have a, a good relationship with a biological mother or if you didn't have a good relationship with a with a, a biological father sometimes days like this can be difficult but a, a biological mother my mom went home to be with the lord and i'm grateful and thankful that she went home to be with the lord shelly actually led her to the lord can i give the lord a hand clap of praise for that amen and uh shelly led her to the lord so i just know that her commitment uh to jesus christ um um it, she's she's amen she's cheering us on amen so a lot of times when we talk about Mother's Day and what the word mother is, if you didn't have a good relationship, sometimes you can feel bad. You can feel bad about this day. You can feel bad about those things. The word mother can kind of evoke some feelings, can it? And if it's good feelings, it evokes those feelings. If it's tenderness and assurity, you know, those are the things that are come mostly in our minds. And and mothers are the biggest influence in our life. Come on, somebody. Like Shelly said, you wouldn't be here without your mama. Amen. Now, I watch some sporting events and stuff, and, and it's amazing how there's a the, the, some of the different cultures. It's like if they were raised without a father, they're really they're really on their mama. And they'll interview them, and they're like, I, I thank God for my mama. You know what I mean? My mama helped me with this. My mama helped me with that. Um, I, I watched one deal one time, and it said he was a football player, and, and he said he got good at football because his mama would put on she put on pads. She'd put on pads and go out and hit with him. I mean, we're talking a guy that was in high school and she'd go out there and, and that was his mama. He didn't have a father in the home, but it's about, it's about mothers. And today I want to take just a few moments and let's talk a little bit about mothers because mothers can be our first teacher. Anybody had your mom? First teacher, she taught you how to tie your shoes. She taught you how to, you know, you know, dress. She taught you how to try to brush your teeth and comb your hair and all of those things. Mothers, mothers can be a role model. You look at mom and, and see how amazing she is. I mean, my mom was a multitasker. You know, I was the youngest of five. So how many of you know she had to multitask, didn't she? And my mom was a big encourager. Moms are an encourager. They're a big encourager. They, you can do it. You can do it. You know, we got knocked down. You get back up. You know, I got thrown out stealing second base one time and I came off and my mom was like, you can do better. I was like, but that was 22 straight. I had 22 straight. You know, it was like I, nobody threw me out and it's like, well, you can do it again. You know what I'm thinking? No, I didn't want to. But my mom was a, a big encouragement for that. You know, when we look at moms nowadays and we think about this age of political correctness and, and gender confusion, mothers today are faced with such a tremendous challenge. I can't even imagine some of the things that moms are going to have to go through and have to go through today. But yet moms remain a source of strength. Moms remain a source of hope. Moms remain a source of confidence, you know, generation after generation. I know there's times where my mom had to parent, right? She had to parent and it was, and it, and it hurt her. But yet there's some times where we've got to have discipline and you got to have correction, whether it's a timeout or whatever that is. And sometimes it hurts the moms to be able to have to do that. First Peter, I'm going to give you a couple of scriptures. First Peter 122. First Peter 1.22 says we are to love one another from the heart. Love one another from the heart. And moms love you from 
the heart. So if you've got your Bibles, I'm gonna, we're gonna get there here in just a few minutes, but I'm gonna ask you to go ahead and turn to John chapter two, cause we're gonna get to that in just a few minutes, okay? Um, so mothers love deeply. Everybody say deeply. Deeply. Everybody say it again. Deeply. Mothers love deeply. They, they love deeply. I've seen, I've seen people um, unfortunately get incarcerated for making a wrong decision or made a mistake. I've seen, you guys have seen the shows where the guy's been incarcerated for 20 or 30 years and who keeps coming to the prison? It's mom. Mom's there. Mom's there. Mom's love deeply. Mom's love deeply. And, and I'm thankful. I'm thankful for this day. I'm thankful that we're able to celebrate this day. And, and, and I want to celebrate moms of all walks of life. You may be a spiritual mother and maybe you didn't have any biological children. You may have adopted children, but you're still a mom. You may be a spiritual mom, but you're still a mom. Can I get an amen? They love children deeply. So I'm going to take you on a little journey. Anybody want to go on a little journey with me? We're going to look real quick at, at, at some mothers in the Bible, okay? The first one I want to look at is Eve. Eve was the mother of living. You can find this in Genesis 3.20. The wife of Adam, we know about that. The mother of what? Cain and Abel and Seth and I'm going to say others. <laughs> Cain and Abel and Seth and and others. But she was responsible for pain and childbearing. <laughs> So those of you ladies, if she was responsible for pain and childbearing, then maybe there was a time where you could give birth and not have pain. Now, that was that 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 would be amazing. So that's Eve. She's called the mother of the living. And then there's Sarah. Sarah's the mother of of nations. She she is her name was Sari. And, and it was actually my princess is what that name actually meant. And then they changed her name to Sarah. She's the princess of all the families of the earth. The princess of all the families of the earth. She's the, the mother of nations. We know her as the mother of Isaac. She, Isaac was the child of promise. So we know her that way. 127 years old when she died, moms. 127 years old. Amen. How about Rebecca? We talk a little bit about Rebecca. Rebecca was the mother of, of Jacob and Esau. Isaac's wife, Numbers, uh, or excuse me, Genesis 28. Now, while I think about, there are some things, I'm going to give you the good things, because how many of you know, Rebecca kind of got Jacob to deceive um, Isaac, amen, when with Esau, and there's a whole battle that's there, but we got to understand that that she was a mother, that she loved her kids. She 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 was barren for 19 years. The Bible says that she was beautiful, modesty, very modest and very, very courteous. How about one that you may not even know about is Jochebed. Jochebed was the mother of Moses, Aaron, and Miriam. That was Moses' mama. Now, how many of you know a mama loves so much? We talked about how deep the heart of the mother was that when 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 there was a, a edict by the king, a directive by the king to kill all the babies that were born, she took Moses, right, and put him in the Nile River. Everybody remember that story? You remember that? Put him in the river and 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 took care of him and saved him. Oh, come on, somebody. That's the heart of a mom. I'm telling you, there is an amazing heart that moms have. And, and, and when you look at that, there's these biblical uh, examples of that. So the mother of Aaron, the mother of Moses, the mother of, of Miriam. 
She was uh, involved with the, the Levi, Levitical priesthood, the Levi priestly tribe. That's what where the, Aaron was. Remember the the head of the the Levi priestly tribe. How about the other one would be would be Deborah? Oh man, Deborah is an amazing lady. We talk about equal rights nowadays for women. There was equal rights back there. Deborah was a judge, y'all. Deborah was a judge, and she helped judge Israel. She was a prophetess. She was a judge. And they used to call her the honeybee to her friends. If you knew her, she was the honeybee, and she was a friend of yours. But listen, if you were on the other side of that, they used to call her the stinging bee, that she was a stinging bee to her enemies, you know? So she was like honey to those that knew her, but yet she was a stinging bee to those that didn't. Amen? So I think she ruled with a with an, uh, with an iron fist, or we could say, or a, a, a heavy gavel as being a judge. But you know what Deborah was? She was a songwriter. She was a composer. And how about Bathsheba? I'm going to give you a few more there. Let's look at the next slide there, Mike, real quick. Um, so we've got Eve, Sarah, Rebecca. Um, now Bathsheba. Everybody remember the mother of Solomon. We know the situation wasn't a very honorable situation that Solomon ended up coming forth. But we also know that Bathsheba, she helped mold Solomon. She even actually went to King David and said, who's going to be the next king? And I think she must have sat down with her husband and said, look, here's all the reasons why Solomon should be. So she helped mold Solomon. King David was a warrior king. But how many of you know when Solomon came in to rule and reign in Israel and Judah, he actually was a peace, a peace king. So she helped mold Solomon. She was smart. She was kind. And how many of you know, she had influence over David. <laughs> it's kind of like Shelly's got influence over me. I always tell people, look, look, I'm the head. I'm the head. And she says, well, I'm the neck. And I can turn the head any way we need to turn the head. Amen. So that's, you know, and that's, that's the truth. So she had the same influence over David. How about, um, how about Solomon? She was the mother. We're going to get into some New Testament one stuff now. She was the mother of the sons of Zebedee. She was the mother of the sons of Zebedee, James and John. Everybody named James and John. I think they're the, the sons of thunder, I believe, is what the Bible calls them and talks about. She also ministered to Jesus. She was there. She ministered to Jesus. How about Mary, the mother of John Mark? Now, this is an interesting one. The mother of John Mark. This was Barnabas's aunt. Everybody heard about Paul and Barnabas, and they had a dispute and a discussion. It was over John Mark. Well, Mary was the mother of John Mark. She was a very wealthy woman. She helped sow into Jesus' ministry. She was a very wealthy woman. And John Mark, she was an amazing mother. And John Mark was a, a mama's boy. Anybody know some mama's boys? There's nothing wrong with being a mama's boy. John Mark was a mama's boy. In fact, they went out on a missions trip with Paul and Barnabas and John Mark. And John Mark got homesick. And he went home. And Paul was mad at him. He left us when he, we needed him. You know what I mean? We needed him to be there to whatever, carry our, our bags or help with the luggage or help minister or whatever. Paul was upset with John Mark because John Mark was a mama's boy and he, he missed home. It's okay to miss home and it's okay to go back home. So maybe there's some of you that may have missed your mom and, and, and maybe there's a relationship that's broken, but I'm here to tell you that God wants to repair that relationship no matter how broken it may be. Can I get an amen? How about Elizabeth? 
Elizabeth was the mother of John the Baptist, the mother of John the Baptist. And and we know that, that they were from the lineage of Aaron also. Elizabeth was a worshiper. She was the wife of Zechariah. Zechariah was her husband. You remember? And Zechariah was closed the mouth of Zechariah. We believe because he wouldn't speak anything negative about John the Baptist. And then all of a sudden, when John was born, they were talking about how who how they were going to name him, who they were going to name him, what they were going to name him. And all of a sudden, Zechariah's tongue was loosed. And so Elizabeth, she was she was Zechariah's um, Zachariah's wife. How about Eunice? I want to park a little bit here on Eunice. She was the mother of Timothy. So she came from a Jewish um, descent. She had, her husband actually was, a, was Roman, was, oh, excuse me, but he was, he was from Rome, but he was a Greek. They have actually a Greek name. She was a very godly woman. And we can see that. She trained Timothy, Paul talks about, in the fear of the Lord in the honor and the respect. I believe it's up to the moms as well as the dads, but we're talking specifically about moms to honor the Lord, to have fear of the Lord, to be able to have that respect and that honor. In 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 5, it says, I am mindful of your sincere faith that's within you, which first dwelt with your grandmother Lois and then with your mother Eunice. And I'm sure it's in you as well. Can you see the generational, the grandmother to the mother passed down to Timothy? There's a generational blessing that's there that can come through. Now, some of you may, maybe you may be like me. That's, that's on the first part of that generation. You know, my parents didn't spend a whole lot of time, didn't teach much about, you know, God or learning about God. There were times we went to church and I think it was more of a religious act than it was a relationship type act. And, and, and that's okay. How many of you know, I'm ready to start that lineage and I want to pass that down and we're going to begin to walk into that. But we see that. We see that with, with, with Timothy and being able to be mentored um, molded, shaped, right, by his mother Eunice. And Eunice was shaped by the grandmother Lois. So we see that. And I, I want to be able to remember that there's some of that that takes place. I want to just thank God for godly mothers. Can we give the Lord a hand clap of praise for godly mothers and generational mothers? I see that happen with Shelley's family. Her, her, and it and it goes up farther than just a few generations. You know, we sing the blessing song, Tatum, about from generation to generation. And he talks about this, the scriptures of 10 generations or a thousand generations. There's a couple of different scriptures when you read it. And, and I think about that. She, I knew I knew Opal and Opal was a godly woman and passed that godly lineage down to Virginia. Come on, somebody. And and Pastor Virginia passed that godly lineage lineage down to 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 Shelley. Amen. So I see this even as I look and I, and I see about Timothy, the same things, honey. And I think about you and I think about your family and the lineage that's being passed down. But I want to, want to jump on this next one real quick. We're just going to park here just for a moment. How about Mary, the mother of Jesus? I, I've been meditating on Mary and I've looked at her and read in the Bible and there isn't a whole lot in the word of God about her. 
There were times where she would ponder things. She would think about things. She wouldn't tell people. She would just think about them in her heart. And I, and I wanted to take one of these, uh, one of these and share it with you. This was Joseph's wife. She was related to Elizabeth and she had character and integrity. Okay. I asked you earlier to turn to John chapter two and I want to look at verses one through ten. John chapter 2, verses 1 through 10. This is the first miracle of Jesus. The first miracle of Jesus. And I'm just going to read through this. If you've got your Bibles or you can get on your online and look at it, it's John chapter 2. I'm going to start out with verse 1. It says, On the third day, a wedding took place in Canaan and in Galilee. Jesus' mother was there. Her name was Mary. Everybody say Mary. Her name was Mary. And Jesus and his disciples had also been invited to the wedding. When the wine was gone, Jesus' mother said to him, they have no more wine. Everybody go, oh, no. They ran out of wine. They ran out of wine at the wedding. Verse 4, woman, why do you involve me? Jesus replied, my hour has not yet come. I want to throw this out. The word woman is not like you receive it in the Western society. Woman, it's actually an honor of respect. It's a phrase of respect and honor. There's other places in the Bible I could show that to you. And it's and it's in the Hebrew culture, it's about honor and respect. So don't think he was going, woman, I ain't got time for that. I ain't got no time for that. What do you think I'm supposed to do? I, I, I ain't got no time. It's not my time yet, woman. It's not that way, all right? Totally off, totally Western culture, if we're thinking that way. It's a way, it's actually a a, a meaning of respect, Melissa. It's It's an honor. It's a respect. So he was respecting his mom. His mother said to the servants, you do whatever he tells you. (laughs) How many of you know Mary knew what was going on, right? You do whatever he's told you. And and verse 6, and it says, nearby stood six stone water jars, And the kind they used the Jews for ceremonial washing, these were not little small pots, Lon. These were huge jars that they used for ceremonial washing. These pots were, they weren't just a little one. They were, they were big one. They were huge. Um, he says holding each one from, there you go, 20 to 30 gallons. 20 to 30 gallons actually fit in there. Verse seven, Jesus said to the servants, fill the jars with water. So they filled them to the brim. And then he told them, now draw out some and take it to the master of the banquet. And they did so. And the master of the banquet tasted the water and had been turned in to wine. He didn't realize where it had come from, though the servants who had drawn the water knew. Then he called the bridegroom aside and he said, man, everybody brings out the choice wine first and then the cheaper wine after the guests have had too much to drink. Now, y'all understand this, right? I don't know about you, but but years ago, many years ago, I enjoyed wine, and I enjoyed too much wine. Oh, come on, somebody. I enjoyed too much wine. I had a problem. I didn't want to just drink one bottle. I wanted to drink the whole bottle. And whether it was a liter or a gallon, I wanted to drink the whole thing. Come on. So they they, they were saying when they all got drunk, then they would bring out the cheaper wine. You know why? Because they didn't know the difference. 
They didn't know the difference between the Chateau Bordeaux of 1957 or a Chateau Bordeaux of a 19 or 1757. Come on. They didn't know the difference of it. So, you know, it was like, hey, some of them bring out the, the, the good wine first and then you get plowed, you know, then, and then they bring out the cheap wine. But this was just the other way around. It says everyone brings out the choice wine first and the cheaper wine after the guests have had too much to drink. But you have saved the best till now. I'm going to challenge you. Look at the Old Testament and look at the New Testament. One of them is an older wine, Bryce. The other one is a new wine. It was God really speaking a way to say, guess what? We are transitioning from the Older Testament into the New Testament. Come on, somebody. The Older Covenant into the newer covenant. Amen. So we can look at that prophetically and we begin to see that. But here's what I want to point out to you. On the third day, a wedding took place in Canaan. Jesus' mother was there. Jesus and the disciples, which a lot of people don't talk about. But this wedding was a, a, a somebody was related to was there. And some of you may not realize the Jewish culture. The Jewish culture, there is wealth in the Jewish culture. There is great wealth in the Jewish culture. And in the, and when they would have a wine, Vernon, they would have a wedding and they'd have that wine. And when they had a, a festival or a feast, how many of you know it was just that? A festival or a feast. And there was a lot of food and it was quality food. And there was a lot of drink and it was quality drink. And it was up to the, the family to make sure there were, they were representing the family, Mario, with proper honor and respect. And if a family ran out of wine, then people wouldn't just look at the situation of running out of the wine. Cade, they would actually look to the family. Are you with me? And they, they would hold their judgment against the family. And it would say the family is not representing their family in an honorable, correct way. Are you with me? Do you all understand what I'm saying here? So there had to be something done. And there was a relationship. Mary was involved somehow in this wedding. How do I know that? Because when we read about it, she obviously was able to tell the servants, you do what he says. So maybe she was running something. Maybe she was the head of all the the wine that goes out or something. You know what I mean? Maybe she was over the the kitchen nowadays, we might call it. Maybe she was the, the head chef or chefette, whatever you want to call that. You know, but, but here's the deal. She was related and she didn't want the family to be dishonored. Come on, somebody. So she knew what was in Jesus, her son. I don't know if she had seen it before or how she'd experienced it. Maybe there were some other things that happened that she just knew. This kid is amazing. Maybe he's amazing and, and maybe that it's, that there's something going on and, and she looked at him and it said, when the wine was gone, Jesus' mother said to him, they have no more wine. Excuse me. The mother said to him, they have no more wine. And then she immediately what? Looked to Jesus. It says, Jesus is like, why do you, why do you involve me? Well, there was something at stake. He said, like, my hour has not yet come. How many of you know he, she did like most moms do? They don't hear you. <laughs> Take out the trash. I don't have time. They didn't hear that. Go wash the car. I don't have time. They didn't hear that either. It's like, would you go get your sister? I, I'm, I'm busy playing Fortnite. They didn't hear that either. Come on, somebody. 
So she didn't hear that when he's like, wait a minute, what, what are you doing, mom? It's not my time yet. She didn't even hear it. She just turned, didn't she? He, she just turned to the servant. She was like, fill those jars with water. <laughs> fill those jars with water. <laughs> that I, fill those jars with water. It was just like, she, she didn't even hear his response. She just said, begin to fill those jars with water. So we think about this as a mother. And he honored the mother. Here's the deal. He honored the mother. And what did he do? Turn the water into wine. He honored the mother. There was something that was coming with Jesus bringing in the kingdom that there's a whole nother teaching that I could show you when you look at the scriptures about this. And all of a sudden, he had the old wine. Are you with me? And he was bringing in the new new wine. And he, and there was a shift from from that which was that which was the guests where they had too much to drink to where they saved the best for now. How many of you know that the best is in now and you can walk in it? You don't have to wait about the old wine. Come on, somebody. You can begin to walk in the new wine. You can begin to walk in the best now. You don't have to wait for something to shift or to change. So that's why I saw Jesus doing that. And you know what I thought, Debbie? He honored his mother. He honored his mother. And we honor, I honor, I tried to honor my mom. There were times where I didn't honor my mom. And I went back to her and asked for forgiveness. I went back to her and said, Mom, because I didn't know any better, Bryce. I didn't know that I was supposed to honor my mom or my grandma. I didn't know any better. But see, there is blessing that are attached to honoring our parents. Can I get an amen? Okay, so that's Ephesians chapter 6. I don't know if we've got there. We do. Honor your father and your mother in the first commandment with a promise so that what? Things may go well with her. Things may go well with her. What's it say? Things may go well with you. So, Bryce, we honor our, our mom, so things will go good for us. <laughs> Some people are like, well, that's kind of selfish. Well, that's what the word says. So I honor my mom, and guess what? Things are going to go better with me. Come on, somebody. Everybody ever heard that nobody's happy and mama's happy? And mama's happy, everybody's happy. Anybody heard that? So that's, you know, when we look at honoring mothers for Mother's Day, we have to realize that that it may go well with you and that you may live long on the earth. That's why we honor moms. That's why we honor dads. But we're talking specifically about moms today. That's why if your mom is alive here on the earth and maybe you got a, a relationship that's 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 strained, that's difficult. Steve, would you come play, please? Maybe it's strained. Maybe it's difficult. Maybe you need to call her. Maybe you need to honor mom and just say, mom, I just learned today at church that I need to honor you. Forgive me for not honoring you in these different ways. She might say, I don't care and hang up on you. But you're, you know what you're doing? You're still honoring her whether she receives it or not, mom. Whether she receives that, you're still honoring her. Let me give you a couple more scriptures. There's a sacrificial love for a mother. In Isaiah 49, those of you that are taking notes, can a woman forget her nursing child and have no compassion on the son of her womb? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. One of the, you know, there are certain things that happen to a man in their lifetime that are markers that we remember. And you know what? You women, when you have a child, you can't not remember that. I've seen a show, this show called Long Lost Family. Anybody ever seen it? 
It's about those that were adopted that wanted to find their biological parents and they haven't seen them or they ha- they didn't know who that biological parents were. And here's the thing. it was It's about the person trying to find their biological mother or father. But here's what we realized is that the mother, even though she had to give that child up 30, 40 years later, they've had testimony where they've honored the child's birthday even when the child wasn't in the home, even as they were being raised by another foster family. You can go ahead and play. Think about that. There is a there is an honor. There's a sacrificial love of a mother. That's why people that are adopted, that receive adoption, they are loved by their parents. They're loved by their mom. And I think about the adoption process of us in God and how we're loved by God unconditionally. Hello? Mothers have a sacrificial love and they love unconditionally. There is a comfort that can only come from a mom. That's why the child runs past me and goes to Shelly. Carrie, you know why? Because they come in with the boo-boo. I'm hurt. And guess what guys do? Suck it up. Yes or no? Get up. You'll be all right. Get back out there. No blood. No Band-Aid. <laughs> Get on back out there. And they go by, mama, mama, boo-boo. Boo-boo. And they just run right by dad. And they go right to mom. That's true, isn't it? Because they have a, a sacrificial love. And mothers have such a comfort. Let me tell you how deep this comfort is. Isaiah's being prophesied. The, the Lord is flowing through Isaiah, and he's prophesying to the nation of Israel, not only the nation of Israel, but Jerusalem. And in verse 66, 13, it says, A mother comforts her child, so I will comfort you. Let me put it this way. Isaiah's prophesying the word of the Lord. That's the word of the Lord flowing through Isaiah. And he says, as a mother comforts you, your, her child, I'm going to comfort you. How deep is that? How deep is that? There's a, there's a greater comfort that comes from a mother's love. There is a greater, that God himself says, you know what? That's the greatest comfort that one you could possibly receive. And because of that comfort, I'm going to comfort you, Israel. I'm going to comfort you, Jerusalem. And I'm going to comfort you. And he uses the example of like a mother's comforts her child. That's what God wants. That's how important mothers are. Mothers have a comfort. Mothers have a love. Mothers have a sacrifice. I mean, moms sacrifice. Moms sacrifice. And some people are like, I don't know. It's not a real good thing to be a mom. No, no, you're wrong. In the Hebrew tradition, in the Hebrew family, mothers were respected. And maybe we've lost some of that today because of our Western culture. Maybe we've lost some of that today. But we don't have to lose it in the church. Come on. We don't have to lose it as as believers and followers of Christ. How great this is as a mother. I got a video that I want to show you real quick. Steve, I'm sorry. I'm going to have you pause just a moment. I want to show you this video that Catherine did an amazing job putting together about your moms. Thank you for watching over me. All of the sleepless nights. 
Wow, can we give the Lord a hand clap of praise for that? Hallelujah. So you moms, I want you guys just to stand. I know Shelly had you stand a moment, but those of you that are moms here, and if you're not a biological mom, I know you're probably a spiritual mom um, also, but I just want you guys to stand. I believe this is a holy moment for you to realize how much God loves you. To realize how much God needs you. How much God has placed so much of himself in you. To be a loving mother. Or grandmother if that's the role that you're in right now. But I want to honor you today. And I want to pray a blessing over you. So those of you that are seated just kind of put your hands towards somebody that's close to you that's standing. And let's begin to pray. Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, I bless these moms today. They are amazing. The times that they think they're not, God, that you will speak to them in the midnight hours and let them know how loved they are and how amazing they are and how much you've created your heart and put it in them. God, we bless our moms today. 
We thank you for the difficult times that they've gone through because they are moms and they can handle it. They are moms and their heart is so big as it grows from, from one level of glory to the next level of glory. From, from their lives and relationships as they grow from one level of faith to the next level of faith to the next level of faith. We pray a blessing over these moms today. I ask you, God, just to help the hurts and the pains that they may have in their heart concerning their children or grandchildren or even concerning themselves. And they sometimes can get so focused on what they could have done, should have done, or would have done. But I want them to focus on you and what you've placed inside of them. And I want you to bless them. Bless their homes. Bless their comings. Bless their goings. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Let's give the hand clap and thank you for the moms. Amen. Okay, you guys can be seated one minute. And I am going to, I have one more mom, Shelly, if you want to come on up here. Um, during normally, we have the kids make all the moms gifts and bring all the gifts out, right? And um, uh, unfortunately, we're going to have to do that at a different time than now. But I am, we're stepping out to do something just to bless you. You're, you're our mama. <laughs> you're my wife, but you, you are all of the family's mom. And I want to honor you today. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I'm not going to let you go. Amen. Let's bless the mamas. Amen. Will you guys stand as we dismiss? Today, if you're here and you've not received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, or maybe you have and you just want to renew that commitment, we're going to be here to pray for you. But I'm asking you and encouraging you to, 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 to honor your mamas and grandmoms. They're, they're important. I'm asking you to bless them. Maybe make a phone call, drop them a card, give them a note, whatever that might be. And if it doesn't happen today, it's okay. Because next week or next month, as the Lord leads you to, to bless your moms, it, it's going to open up their hearts towards him. Let's pray as we dismiss today. Father, today I thank you so very much for the moms. I thank you for the freedom that we're able to um, honor the moms today. We honor the moms that are here today. We ask you to continue to bless and strengthen them. We honor all the moms that are at home watching and that we'll be watching later on this video at times throughout this week. We thank you for them. We ask you to richly, richly, richly bless them. We are grateful for these moms. Jesus.